127 on the mic exists simply as an extension of our college ministry, 127 at FBC Bryan. Our prayer is that this podcast be used in accordance with you belonging and investing into a local body. We hope that this resource is growing in a relationship with and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yo, yo, yo! What it do, podcast crew? What it do? Yo. Wow. Ayo. That was that was clever. That was really good. I don't know where you came up with that. Brand new script. Brand new script. Kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't you're know. You're you're a professional. Yeah. It was right on the money. I will who say. Who was that? I don't know. Who, from the from the heavens? Who was that? Who was not, who was not so far near anything <laughs> across the table? Across Hi. the table. Who am I speaking to, man? This is Jared McGuire. What's up? Not much, man. Uh, we're in an interesting season on the podcast called The Summer, um, yeah. where a ton of people are maneuvering, and uh, you're maneuvering. And uh, that's, that's uh, a that way is to a put good it. word. Yeah, I'll, I'll take maneuvering. Um, and so, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, um, thank you. Thank you. I, I just want to give you the floor. Um, what's, your, what's your occupation? Uh, what's, <laughs> what's your favorite Pop-Tart flavor? And uh, what else can we ask him? Uh, your experience at FPC, Brian, what you've been up to? How long you been here, man? Yeah. Okay. So my occupation, <laughs> as, as you have put, uh, I am the interim youth pastor and I've been in this position for a little over a year now. And so, um, my time at First Baptist Brian, I actually came to this church in the fall of 2016. That's when I started at A&M and I started coming to this church and then one thing led to another and here I am. I, uh, I interned for the youth ministry for a while, um, the, the last bit of my time in undergrad, and then stepped into the junior high director position. And then, like I said, a little over a year ago, stepped into the interim position. Yeah. What's your favorite Pop-Tart flavor? Favorite Pop-Tart. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the cinnamon brown sugar. The cinnamon brown yeah. sugar. That's good. What a... Uh... What major did you graduate with? We had a we had an episode release uh, technically today, but when this releases, it'll be two weeks ago. Called "Am I Called into Ministry?" What did you? Wow. Uh, yeah. What did you graduate with from A and M? Mechanical engineering. Big brain on this guy over here. And now you're a you're a youth pastor. I sure am. Where are the there's there's a bridge, but the connecting points aren't connecting for me. Yeah, I uh, they weren't connecting for me either. If that helps. <laughs> so uh, coming into college I wanted to be an engineer my dad went to A&M and he is an engineer and so most of my life that's what I thought I was going to do and got into college and pretty much right when I got here there was uh, I was still I mean I'd been a Christian for about four years by the time I entered college so still relatively young in my faith still learning a lot didn't really know what ministry was but um, had a couple people in my life who kind of opened that door for me and so I that led me down a journey of figuring out what really is ministry and am I mm. called to it. And so about halfway through college, I guess it would be the the summer between, yeah, sophomore and junior year, I just felt very strongly. And after a lot of prayer and fasting and petition. discerning and petition and all those things, uh, the Lord made it very clear to me that I was called to vocational ministry mm. to, to preach and to teach the gospel. And so that's, awesome. that's what I've been doing ever since. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> Bailey's shaking her head at me. This is going to be a fun episode. Why? Why is that, Bailey? 
We're going to try to flip the script <laughs> so I can ask about. the question. Yeah. But, so nervous. Oh. <laughs> I love this. What are you going to say? Well, y'all are going to tell us a little bit more about youth and what you've been up to this summer with youth. Youth? Well, yeah. youth involves kids. It sure does. A yeah. whole lot of them. A lot of them. Yeah, we got a, we got a lot of them running yeah. around yeah, up to no good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Zach has bravely joined me <laughs> as, a, as an intern for the youth ministry this summer, which has been really fun, um, as well as Katie and Raven. Big ups. Big ups to them. Big ups. Um, and so, yeah, we've been, uh, man, we've been getting after it. Summer is crazy for youth. We started off strong with garage sale and we get through like one week of summer and start asking, can it be over yet? <laughs> um, not really. We, we, we get the, the hard stuff out of the way first and it's a really sweet time and we raised a lot of money to send kids to camp. And so mm. speaking of, we've got camp in like just like a little over week two weeks, half. I think. Yeah, about two weeks. We I, live on the 12th. Oh, yes. So. Yes. We're at two weeks right now. Yeah. Yeah. I get to hang out with a lot of eighth grade girls. Yeah. Yeah. Bailey has been roped in to come with us. <laughs> roped the eighth, in? The, the eighth grade girls are sweet. You're going to like them. Yeah. They're they're a good crew. Yeah. I enjoy them. But yeah, man, what else do we get up to as a youth? Yeah, we have Wednesday nights. We've yeah. been walking through Ephesians. Yeah, it's been sweet. We are supposed to have a, a topic night where students ask questions and we yeah. answer them from stage as like a, like a panel. Um but we had that canceled because of the urban air night. Hey, it's okay. Um, but it was a rescheduled a conflict. Sorry. Yeah. Rescheduled. rescheduled. We're going to get to it. It gives us more time to prep. I think it'll be a lot of fun. So yeah. panel is like one of my favorite things. Yeah. I got to do it at family camp one time. Oh, really? Where the, we as staff were this, asked questions from parents. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. Like parents would ask us questions about how our parents raised us. And we would tell wow. them like, this is good or not good based off of our experiences with our parents that's really cool honestly so it was it was really good so i i like panel stuff i love that um yeah and then sunday mornings galatians 5 22 yes, through 23 looking at fruit of the spirit fruit talking about what it means spirit. to walk and step with the spirit so wow we're transitioning so fast <laughs> well today we're talking about the fruit of the spirit yeah 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 um so just like they already said, Galatians 5 lays a pretty clear picture out for us of what the fruit of the Spirit are. Um, but to lay a foundation, y'all want to read it? I can try. I am also have terrible eyesight, so this is going to look funny, but um, I should have this memorized. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. We're going to see what happens. I don't know the end of it, but I know it's, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Goodness, <laughs> kindness, goodness, faithfulness, yeah. and self control. Um, none of is that the end of the verse? Or no, it keeps going. Against such thing, there is no law. That's what I was forgetting. Yeah. Uh, so that's the verse. Um, Did you recently learn this song? I, okay, that's the thing. Like, everyone knows this verse because of the song, but I didn't grow up a Christian. I didn't hear the song. And so it's just like one of those, another one of those verses that I just could be like, I got to get. Yeah. In, in my noggin, in my in my heart. So. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. I'm teaching on Zacchaeus and people keep referencing the song, but I only know the part where he's called a wee little man. But I don't know <laughs> any other part of it because yeah. similar, kind of a similar situation. Yeah. I was late to the game when yeah. it comes to children's Bible songs. Same. So. Same. VeggieTales was never my, never yeah. walk, I've never seen a episode of VeggieTales. I didn't really grow up on VeggieTales either, but I know all the other kind of like Sunday school Christian songs. Okay. Jesus nice. loves me. You can educate us afterwards. Yeah. Okay. Serenade us. 
Yeah. Um, but fruit of the spirit, um, it starts with love and then it, it kind of gets a little bit more specific as it goes. Um, but starting with love, what does that look like? Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, I think we first have to start off and recognize that, that God is love. Um, and, um, I think when we start to read, especially for newer believers, uh, when we look at the fruit of the spirit is love, I think we just first think to like relationships and people that love each other. Um, but I think it's a lot deeper than that. Um, I forget the original language of it's like agape and all these things. Um, but God's love is deeper, um, and it surpasses our human understanding of what love is. Um, it's a love that, uh, lays down his one and only son for us, uh, while yet we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so I think that's, that's what we have to start off with, that love is something that um, is a lot different than we just perceive if we were just to go about our lives and think about love and the way people talk about love. It's, it's an otherworldly love that is, that is holy, that it's set apart. Yeah. Wow. That was, you're a professional at this. <laughs> I'm just so amazed at everything that goes on in this room. Yeah, I'll just, I'll jump off of that, yeah. man. It, yeah, it's, we have to first start and see how it's rooted in, in God's very own character. As Zach already said, we know that God is love. I think of um, Exodus 34, 6 mm. and 7, where, where Yahweh is going to very definitively define himself for, uh, for Moses on the mountaintop. And he's going to say that he is a God. He is a Lord who is abounding in mm. steadfast love. That's just the natural disposition of his character, that he's abounding in steadfast love. And so we see that it's rooted in God. And so we have to start there. And then I think, like Zach said, we, we start seeing that it's deeper than um, what we might perceive as love in our cultural context. Yeah. But we, we start to see that it's deeply um, sacrificial um, and it's, uh, it's, it's powerful too. I think that's... Uh, sounds kind of cliche, but I think what we see in the the gospel is that love is extremely powerful Mm. and it's not uh, to be overlooked that Jesus is going to look at the entirety of the law and says, you know, the greatest of these commandments is to love God and love your neighbor. And so we can't, uh, we can't pass that up and and think idly of it. And that love is very powerful. Yeah. That's really good. I think this, honestly, we've been doing, uh, so I I don't know if we hit on this already. I kind of, I'm tired, but, (laughs) um, each week we have been walking through one fruit of the spirit at a time. And I think each of these could easily be a sermon, could easily be a podcast episode by himself. Um, and as you're talking, I was just thinking um, when people think about God and about his justice, they're saying, well, that is unloving of God to be just. Uh, but I think it's quite the opposite. I think the fact that we have a God that is, is, is just, and although he's fully just, he's also fully merciful and fully kind. Um, that if he were just to continue to let people get away with sin, that's not loving. Um, I mean, you look, we've talked about parent-child relationships on this podcast before, but uh, for a parent to go about and have a child and just let them do whatever they want and continue to uplift them, even if they're going against what their teacher is saying, doing all these terrible things, um, if they just continue to let their kid go that way, it's not loving for them. That's not growing them up in a way that is... um, that is kind, that is, um, the way that, that we're called to live. And so, um, I think the fact that God is just is also proving to the fact that God is love, um, and that he is loving. So. Yeah. We're talking a lot about, um, God's love and everything, but I know, um, the fruits of the spirit or the fruit of the spirit is for 
us, right? So mm-hmm. can we have that same love? Like, how do we live out this love that you're talking about that God has in our own lives? Yeah, I mean, that's the uh, the idea of what Paul is getting at here. We, uh, in the youth, as we've been walking through this series, we actually, I didn't call this series that we've been in, uh, Fruit of the Spirit, I actually called it Walking in the Spirit. Um, if you read the larger context, the larger passage, of where we find this verse in Galatians, it's, it's a verse about walking in the Spirit. And so the idea there is that when we have experienced salvation in Jesus, when we've received that grace, we've experienced regeneration by the power of the Spirit, and we start walking in this new life, we find that the Spirit that has been bestowed upon us, that's moving in us, it's transforming our heart, it's slowly transforming us into people that look more and more like the risen Savior. And so absolutely we're supposed mm-hmm. to exhibit this love, to display this love. Um, do we do it as perfectly as our Heavenly Father? By no means. Um, mm. But in every way possible, we're to strive towards that, right? And to let the Spirit um, do the work that it's called to do inside of us. Mm. And, and we're called to sit in a position of obedience and let the Spirit transform. Yeah, that's really good. I, that's an important point, I think, before we even jump into even deeper of this. Like, this is the fruit of the Spirit, Um and the only way that people can can fully live out these things in a way that's honoring to God is to be surrendered to the Spirit, to have the Spirit sealed inside of you, which means you are a believer in Christ. Um, and with that foundation, we have to realize that this isn't from ourselves. Um, it's a gift bestowed from the Father to us in this process called sanctification, which is simply just becoming more and more like the Son, um, who is Christ. And so this it's this slow transformation process that just because you're a believer doesn't mean you're going to be fully fully loving, fully uh, joyful, fully peaceful, like all these things are just going to naturally sprout out of you. Um, there is a at-the-moment transformation, yes, uh, but this process of the fruit of the Spirit displaying itself, I think, is a over-the-time process. Um, and to kind of hit out what you were talking about with the question, uh, first mine went to First John uh, 4.19, we love because he first loved us. So to fully love someone else, you have to first experience love. Um, which is fully experiencing God. So without experiencing God, you can't. Um, and this is probably a disagreement with with unbelievers and believers. Um, I would say you can't fully love someone um, as, as this verse is calling you to uh, without being a believer in Christ. And so um, the only way we can love other people um, with it being the fruit of the Spirit is to first experience God's love. So, Yeah, that was really well said, both of you. Um, moving past this where the list continues how do we see that the the next like items that are listed how are they related and work together yeah uh we we've talked about this a little bit with the with the youth but um i don't think it is um an accident or um yeah, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that love is the first one. And we've talked about this because it's really the the cornerstone is what we're building off of. And mm. it's uh, it, it directly pours into and links into that which follows. And as you start making your way through the list, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. They're, they're all pouring into one another. Um, and to go back, I think, Bailey, you even said this a moment ago, it's it's not just fruits, it's fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. There's this singular, this this unified fruit that is the result of the Spirit abiding in us. And so sure, it carries these different attributes, but they're not to be cherry-picked out of the list. A Christian can't just be joyful and none of the rest of these things, mm-hmm. right? We're, we're called to walk in all of these things. All of these things should be um, 
manifesting themselves in our lives as the spirit does his work. And so um, these things, they're, they're directly connected to one another and they pour into one another. And even as I've been, you know, writing this curriculum for our youth for Sunday mornings, it gets really hard to, mm-hmm. to, to walk the line of not overlapping and just going back onto stuff that we've already talked about because yeah. of how interconnected they are. And so that's a really cool thing because it demonstrates that fact. Um, but it's also a challenge to, to stop and say, okay, well, why is Paul using these specific words, these specific mm. attributes? Because clearly there's something to them, right? If we're going to believe that the scripture has this power to it and it's it's all God-breathed, and then clearly there's a reason why we get these different attributes, and yet they all work together in sync. And so it's a it's a really cool thing to walk through. Yeah, and, and I love that um, all of this is based on love. Because um, as we were talking about, like, you aren't the one that's establishing the definition of love. And so these fruits of the spirit, you're not establishing. You're not the one saying, oh, well, this is a way to leave, a, a way to live peacefully. Um, it's God's definition that's going to prescribe the way to live these, like live out these fruits of the spirits. Um, and we've talked about this verse um, on this podcast as well, 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Um, and now, oh gosh, and now these three, these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And so again, we see, um, all throughout scripture that uh, the gospel is based out of love, um, the way that Christ pursues us based out of love, um, that all these things just continue to build on the foundation that is set before us, which is love. Um, and I love that. Um, and, and like you were saying, and we've already hit on this, like it's, it's fruit of the spirit. And so as you grow in your understanding of God's love for you, you're going to grow more joyful. You're going to grow to be more peaceful. Um, you're going to be more patient. You're going to be more kind. Um, this sound, you're going to be more good. Uh, <laughs> it sounds so bland. Uh, but I think it's, it's interesting. Um, and as Jared was saying, it, walking the fine line between finding the connection between all these back to love, but also establishing that they were written for a reason and they were written to be different words, um, which I'm sure we'll get into here in a second, that uh, the original language was written for, I think, a deeper meaning than we kind of get out of the English translation. Um, but also praise the Lord for an English translation or else I wouldn't be able to read the word of God um, unless I really studied. So um, I don't know. It's really cool. That's the continued narrative throughout the Old Testament through the New Testament. Galatians 5 for the spirit is founded in love. So. Yeah, well, just continue on with the idea of how some of them are distinct and different in, in the original language. Um goodness and kindness are often used interchangeably. Um, why are they listed separately here? What's their distinction? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I nerded out. <laughs> I nerded out on this one. If, if you have happened to walk into my office as of late, my giant like whiteboard looks like I'm trying to solve a murder case. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty wild in there right now. Um, I was, I was looking through this and what's interesting is, um, as we mentioned, when you start reading through these words, you really start to get this idea that they're they're interconnected. And what's interesting is depending on your translation, right, you're going to get some slight variation of what these words get translated to into English, depending on, again, which translation you're reading, which English translation. Mm. Um, but what's interesting is even within same translations, you can find the Greek words that are hidden under these English words that we call kindness and goodness, you can find them other places in that same translation in your New Testament, and they're going to get translated as different things. Mm. And what's specifically confusing is you can find passages where this word kindness, like we see in Galatians uh, chapter 5, 
is used, that Greek word is used elsewhere and they're going to translate it goodness. <laughs> and so you start scratching your head a little bit and be like, okay, yeah. what's going on here? How do we sift through this? And how do we, um, cause it might be easy to sit here and think, well, Paul, Paul got lazy. He mm-hmm. ran out of words. And so he's just going to whip out a thesaurus and just start <laughs> finding synonyms. synonyms. And yeah. so, uh, but what I found as I was studying was something that was really interesting. And so, um, this is off the dome. Let's I'm going to go, see if my, man. if my Greek Come is, on. is good. The, the word here for kindness that I, and I'm, I'm looking at the ESV, but it's going to be kindness and then goodness. The word for kindness is Christotes. Um, it's, it's related to Christos, um, but slightly different Christos being Christ. Right. And so very slightly different, um, in, in the spelling. So the Christote, um, is that word that you get there. And then the goodness you find here in Galatians five, uh, is agathosune or agathosini, um, depending how you're going to pronounce it. But those are your two words. And again, they're going to get used um, in, in different ways throughout the New Testament. But what's really sweet as I, I was studying was I found some notes that was saying this this kindness, this Christote, it refers to a goodness which rests upon mercy. Mm. And that's where we get this idea of kindness, that kindness is mercy. Mercy is kindness. But then the agathosune word that we translate to goodness, it's a goodness that rests upon God's own moral goodness. This mm-hmm. is what we call righteousness or, or holiness, justice, virtue, um, moral perfection and excellence, these sort of things. And so when we look at kindness and goodness, we, we, we see it in English and we might think, okay, it's tomato, tomato, it's the same yeah. thing, move yeah. on. Um, we might think, okay, you, you be nice to someone, be good towards someone mm-hmm. and kind of shrug it off. But what we see is this, um, this exhortation from Paul that by the Spirit we're to be a people who reflect the mercy of our Heavenly Father. But not only are we merciful in the way that we show um, kindness even to those who are unfavorable, but we are like the Son and that we strive to walk in perfection in mm-hmm. our obedience and that we be people who live in righteousness and holiness and that we seek justice, mm-hmm. that we seek virtue, um, that we be people who the actions and the thoughts and the words that come out of, of our lives um, align with that, which pleases the father. And so, mm. yeah, that's the, man, we can, we can nerd out all day. Yeah. But this is, this is a place we've been sitting and we, we just went through these words in the youth. And so mm. it's, it's fresh on the brain. But yeah. yeah. That was really good. Yeah. I sitting in a group of, we had seventh and eighth graders together this past Sunday and, and slowing down and not just being like, be kind be good to other people, but like slowing down and really understanding what this text is saying. Um, they just started scratching their heads a little bit and they were like, well, why? Like, why, why, why do we have it in, in such like a similar language here in English? And I think it was just really interesting too. And I don't even think I fully understand honestly, like, like the extent to which these words mean. Um, but what a sweet promise we get to lean into. Like I was saying earlier, like this isn't from us. And so, um, Yes, we get to look at original language and we get to discover what these words mean and we get to see them play out in our lives and other believers' lives. But ultimately, we just we get to sit and we get to marvel at what the Lord's doing um, in and through us um, and in and through other people. And so it was just really interesting, just like slowing down and seeing these seventh and eighth graders just be like, what are we even talking about <laughs> um, with with these two words? Um because again, they're they're very interchangeable in our English language, um, but I think it's really cool uh, that Paul was was very intentional, and, and obviously he was God inspired to write this um, to be intentional with these words and not to just like slap words on a page like 
sometimes we do in our culture today, like God loves you and not really think about the implications of what people are intaking when they read that. And so, um, yeah, that's really good. The fact that I was on the top of the dome was impressive, by the way. Do what I can. That's that's the thing. I I get to sit in my office and nerd out and let all this marinate (laughs) up in in my brain. And then the fun part of being the youth pastor is sitting in this space of how do we take this and and then make it palpable for a... Yep. seventh through 12th grader. And that's, is a really fun puzzle, honestly. Yep. Um, my, my disposition has always been that we never water down the word of God, mm-hmm. um, but we present it in a way where no matter where you're at, you're going to, you're going to receive it. And so that's, that's the fun space we get to sit in in youth ministry is taking this, this word that's alive, it's active. Mm-hmm. And then we say, okay, how are you going to receive this student? Yep. That's and good. that's a, that's a fun space to sit in. I love it. And it's a big job to take like these words that have such like deeper meanings than we often present them as and to present them with the like the reverence of the Lord behind them Mm -hmm. um, and just be in awe of that. And so just like hearing the depth of these words um, kind of moving into which we feel like are the hardest to grow in um, just because. I know we maybe hear or know of the meaning of patience more, but Mm -hmm. in my life, it's not an easy thing for me. Like it's not natural for me to be the most patient. Um, but overall, like what's, how are these hard? Can, how can they be hard to grow in? Well, I think it's hard to grow in them because I think we see these words and we think, and I, I hope that we think we look to Christ as an example and we see him fully live out each of these Um, and I think when we read this, especially as someone who understands what the gospel means, we're like, oh gosh, that's unachievable. No chance, no shot. Um, but I think when you step back and, and realize again, like this is fruit of the spirit. Um, and, and the fact that you don't have to just focus in and hone in on all these at once and trying to grow like my, my patience levels at 75, my loves at 76 and like these levels kind of thing. But we get to see that the, the more we understand and grow in our relationship with Christ, these are going to naturally come out. Um, and we fully, when we fully surrender to uh, the will of God and we recognize that his plan is going to produce these fruits in our life if we're surrendered to it, um, but there's a freedom that's found in that. So we get to um, see these things come about in our lives and, and just marvel. And we get to uh, behold what God is doing um, and the fact that he's still moving even today. Um, but I mean, as far as the hardest one, um, I, I would definitely say patience because I think we look at it and we're like, I know if I ask for patience, something's coming. There's a storm coming. There's <laughs> yeah. there's a hardship coming. Um, but again, I think we get we get to step back as believers and we get to sit in the promise that uh, the Lord's going to fully equip us for for what's next. And that doesn't mean something challenging isn't going to come your way, um, but that that God is going to be there in the challenge. And so, yeah, fruits of the spirit they're they're a fun bunch. But what do you got, Jared? <laughs> Yeah, I'll just, I mean, I like everything you have to say. I, I think it goes back, and, and this might sound repetitive, but maybe that's a good thing, is, right, we're walking in step with the Spirit. Mm. So you don't try to walk ahead of the Spirit, and you don't want to be resisting to where the Spirit is dragging you along. Yeah. You want to walk in step with the Spirit. And so that's a it's a heart posture that says, I'm here and I'm willing. Mm. And, and then the Spirit's going to do the work. Yeah. It's, it's the power of the spirit that produces this fruit. Um, again, it, when we think of fruit 
in this metaphorical sense, we can't help but think of John 15, mm-hmm. right? Jesus' final words yep. as he's talking to his disciples, this kind of final discourse he has where he's going to say, abide in me, right? I am the vine, you're the branches, right? We can't produce any of these fruits mm. if we are not walking in step with the Spirit. And I like what you said, and and even just then I said fruits because I think it's, it's mm-hmm. easy because we look at this list of words, but it's this unified thing that's taking place when the spirit is working in us. And so I, I look at a word like patience, which, yeah, I think I, I'll, I'll jump in the boat with you all and say that's a, that's a difficult one for many of us. But then we start to peel back the layers there and say, what, what is patience? Well, it's, it's being in a position where I control my temper, controlling my emotions and seasons of hardship, of suffering, of waiting. Okay, how do I be a person who controls my emotions and my temper mm-hmm. and be level-headed, and then I have to think, okay, well, what is the Spirit doing in my life at this time? Am I allowing Him to shape my desires and and where my heart is, where my head is? Okay, then I can be a person who surrenders my emotions over to the Lord, and I can I can have a, a kind disposition. I can mm. be friendly. I can I can be hospitable even in these circumstances, which are super trying. Yeah. And like yeah. right now, my patience is wearing thin, <laughs> but I can let the mm-hmm. Lord yeah. determine how I'm going to respond in this situation. And so we have to, I think any of these attributes are going to be difficult because it's this fruit or like, like we've already kind of said, it's, it's the outcome of the spirit working. And so we have to stop and say, okay, spirit, how am I going to, how am I going to allow you to move in my life? Mm. Um, and not be a hindrance. We, we don't want to be people as the scripture talks about who grieve the Holy spirit yeah. people who are just constantly trying to combat against what the Lord's doing in our lives. And so it's this uh, open-handed posture that we have to take. Mm. Yeah, I, I love this connection to John 15. It's one of the passages that I clung to a lot when I first became a believer. Um, and I love that um, it says that that no, or a branch that does not bear fruit, he, he throws away, he cuts off completely. Um, and, and this can look different in a lot of different cases. Obviously, this is, this is a parable. Um, and so uh, we have to be careful when walking the line of, okay, what is being cut off mean um not cut off from him completely but he cuts you off honestly a kind of a fresh restart to to start back um to remember the gospel to remember your first love but every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so even as you are bearing these fruits in abundance the more pruning that's going to take place um which is um it's hard to sit in because it, it means you're going to be going through even more trials, the more fruit that you produce. And, um, as you're, you're more kind with people, as you're more gentle with people, things start to frustrate you a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, sin, you just combat in a way that is glorifying to the father, which, which a non-believer is not going to struggle with, but you're going to struggle with these, these righteous struggles. I could call them, um, that again, as, as you abide further in the vine, he's going to continue to prune you and to, to mold you into uh, the image of the sun, which is, again, something that I, I think we we kind of neglect to lean into because we think is, oh, the more I look like Christ, the less I'm turbulence I'm going to experience. It, it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, the more equipped you are by the Spirit, the, the deeper he's going to push you um, and, the, and the farther he's going to take you uh, to be a light uh, for the kingdom. So, Yeah, yeah. Um- Something I keep thinking of while y'all are talking is how we recognize a tree by its fruit and that's how we know its identity. So I can tell you that it's an apple tree when it's producing apples. Um, Before the apples are there, I probably couldn't tell you that. Um, And so that just makes me think of as Christians, when the fruit of the spirit is growing in our lives, it 
brings about this identity of who we are in Christ um, because of the fruit that's being produced and makes it noticeable to those around us. Mm. Um, And anyways, I was in Genesis 1 when it says, verse 11, then God said, let the earth produce vegetation, seed bearing plants and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And so just made me think of like, we're going to bear fruit according to our Mm. kind um, and it's going to be noticeable to those Um, around us. So even as the fruit of the spirit is growing in our life, like what does that look like? How, how do they grow? I want to jump back one second uh, to what you said. I think it's important to remember too, um, if you're living a life, not surrender to the spirit, you're going to be, you're producing fruit one way or another. Mm -hmm. And um, I think is if you're surrendered to your flesh, you're going to be producing um, fruit that is um, selfish fruit that is unpatient, Mm -hmm. impatient, uh, fruit that is, um, not loving, that is, uh, seeking self above others. Um, and so I think it's just important to remember that you are producing fruit one way or another. People are going to know you're either a son of God or you're not a son of God or a daughter of God or not a daughter of God. Um, and again, this doesn't come from you, which is something, again, we get to sit in and we get to, um, find peace in. it's not something we have to strive for. Um, but I just want to throw that in there. What was your question? I'm so sorry. It was the question that you asked right after that. Yeah. Like how do, how do we practically grow in the fruits of the spirit? Practically grow. That's good. I added Uh, practically. Yeah. (laughs) I like that. Um, Oh, I'm going to do my best to take what you just said, Zach, and take it and turn it into an answer to this question. Good. And so we're going to see if I can do this. Come on. As you were talking in, in response to what Bailey read from Genesis, I, I completely agree. And so I start to think, I want to read, um, Galatians 5, 24. So this is what comes right after we get this list of the fruit of the spirit. And it says, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Mm. And so I think first we're, we're invited to live this, this kind of cruciform life we're, we're called to live a life that um, allows Jesus to be the centerpiece. We surrender ourselves in the same way that Jesus surrendered himself to death on the cross. We surrender ourselves to the obedience and willingness of what um, Jesus wants to accomplish in us. And so I think practically we have to acknowledge that we're not going to bear these fruits so long as one, we're trying to accomplish these things in our own strength. Mm. And two, we're trying to take these fruit to mask any heart issues or sin issues that we have going on in our life. You're not going to add that on top of these other things. That's Mm. not going to, it's not how it's going to work because again, to go back to what you were saying, Bailey, and, um, and then what you kind of picks up on Zach is this idea of like a good tree is going to bear good fruit and Mm -hmm. a bad tree is going to bear bad fruit. And so if you're sitting there in a, in a position where there is bad fruit in your life, well, guess what? Those, that fruit is taking up branches. Mm -hmm. And so this good fruit has no place to grow. And so you can't try to just mask the bad fruit with some good fruit. It's not going to work out that way. And so I think practically we have to stop and analyze ourselves And again, I'm going to come back to one of the attributes of the fruit of the Spirit, which is kindness. And one of the things we talked about with our youth is this idea that Scripture makes it very clear that um, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Mm. And so I think practically, when we want to start thinking about how am I going to bear fruit for the kingdom, I think we first have to take a humble disposition and say, Lord, where is there sin and error in my life that Mm. needs to be addressed and needs to be dealt with and needs to be laid out before you? so that it can be made known and I can walk in repentance. And then as I walk in repentance, I find myself walking in step with the Spirit. 
And as that happens, I start to see fruit take place. Mm. So I think practically, um, and maybe this is kind of a sidestep around the question, but I don't know if it is. I think first you have to look at your heart and mm. see where you are at. And if there is something in your life that is um, not pleasing to the Father, then that needs to be addressed. And then we can start looking at, okay, as I walk in step of the Spirit, which is repentance, fruit's going to start growing. Yeah. I have a, a long thought, so we'll see if this all connects. Um, with with this, this idea that you just presented, um, this this theme honestly is seen throughout the entirety of Galatians. Um, Galatians 1.10 um, am I now trying to win the approval of man or of human beings? Uh, I said that backwards, but it's fine. Am I now trying to please people or am I trying to please God? Um, I would not, if I was trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. So basically it's saying do not live for the approval of others. And I think that's going to be taking a humble approach um, because as as unbelievers, we're living for the approval of others. That's what our life is is ultimately identified by. We see other people interacting. We see uh, the way other people find success and the way people are experiencing failures. And we try to live in a life that's, um, that, that excites other people, that motivates other people. And we're ultimately looking um, at other people of trying to please them um, and satisfy them. Um, and then you, you see the difference in Galatians 2, uh, verse 20. I had this memorized. Uh, From crucified with Christ is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Uh, for the, the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the Spirit who loved me and gave himself for me. Uh, some form of that. Um, and so we see this transformation uh, that comes from a humble approach that I'm not going to live for the approval of others, uh, but I'm going to seek what God has. Um, and I think as we try to practically live that out, we have to remember uh, Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And so these fruits of the spirit are going to be coming out of your heart. Uh, what is what is in your heart? If your heart is fully surrendered to Christ, I think things of the gospel are going to begin to come out, which is this fruit of the spirit. Um, but if your heart's situated in a spot that is, again, seeking the approval of others, or if it's trying to find success in a worldly sense, if it's um, a longing for for money, a longing for an earthly relationship, if these are the things that are deeply rooted in your heart uh, that are the main motivation, that's what's going to come out. Selfish ambition, um, conceit, um, all these things that um, are not pleasing to God. So um, taking a humble approach, uh, recognizing who you are in Christ. And, and I can go the simple, the simple answer of you have to find yourself in God's word to know these attributes. You have to know what love is, what peace is, what patience is, what all these things are. That was a voice crack. That was good. Um, we have to understand what these things are. Cause as we started this, God is love. And how do you know who God is by reading his written word? Um, and so I think those are just some practical ways to, to be that. Yeah, I'll, I'll land the plane here with maybe this is, this is a final comment. Maybe it's just a summary of what you've said. Um, the fruit of the Spirit, we're, we're looking at attributes of God, right? And, and the idea that the reason that we should bear them in our lives is because, as we've already established, sanctification is this process by which we are becoming people who look more and more like our Savior, like mm-hmm. Jesus. And so if I want to look more like Jesus, I should probably have a good idea of who mm-hmm. Jesus is and what he is like. And so practically, if you want to be bearing fruit of the Spirit, then you need to be spending time, intimate time with our Savior. And you need to be close to Him. You need to be near to Him. And that's something we've talked about in the youth for a long time. I mean, this whole um, spring semester was really going after this idea of who is Jesus and, and, and who is he really, not just this idea, mm-hmm. but like who is he personally. We, we did a whole series. We looked at the, the I am statements in John and 
um, we were really getting after who is the person of Jesus because we're not going to become people who look more like Jesus until we know what Jesus yeah. looks like. Yeah. And so what does Jesus look like and, and how are you spending time with him? And that, that's going to be um, a big part of you bearing fruit. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, and just going back to the scripture, like above where it lists um, the fruit of the spirit, it talks about the works of the flesh that mm-hmm. are obvious. Um in my section in my Bible, it says the spirit versus the flesh and mm-hmm. um, just kind of talks about a little bit of that, the battle of the flesh versus the spirit in us. Um, and when I was looking at that list of the acts of the flesh, sexual immorality and jealousy, selfish, selfish ambition, outbursts of anger, envy, drunkenness, um, and then thinking about the fruit of the spirit moving on. The, the last fruit of the spirit sticks out to me a lot and that's of self-control. And it just looks pretty distinct and different to me from the others that are listed. Um, and I compare that a lot to the acts of the flesh because self-control looks like either doing or not doing those things mm-hmm. kind of. Um, but we all dive a little bit more into that, I guess. I think you were onto something. Yeah. You 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 phrased that question like you had the answer. I kind of liked it. I thought you were just gonna. I didn't think it was gonna be a question. I thought you were just gonna spout that wisdom on us. I liked it. I mean, we can try and say something. Yeah. I mean, it, you hit it right on the button. I think it's when looking at honestly this old self versus new self. Um, it, it's it's simply a battle, and I love that imagery that it's it's a battle. We're we're waging war against our flesh. Um, it's not some. Uh, tea party that we're, we're, you know, engaging with these things and kind of tiptoeing the line. Uh, but we're waging war against, and I think the, the foundation of this is love, understanding love. Um, but then on top of that, um, where is your self-control at? Um, are there things that you can say no to and still be satisfied and, and know that you're fully loved and fully cared for, um, by the father who has your best interests at heart? Um, I think that's, that's another root of, of self self-control again, is just this idea of selfishness that we, we think we understand God more than he understands us. Um, and that we think we know the better pathway than he does. Um, and I think when we surrender that and we find ourselves humble uh, before the father, it's easy to be, be self-controlled when we know what God wants for us. Um, because we can say no to the right things and say yes to the right things, um, or say no to the wrong things, sorry. And then yes to the right things. And so, um, I think you hit it right on the button. It's, it's a sort of battle between the flesh and the spirits, um, saying, um, no to our flesh and yes to what God has. Yeah, I think it comes back to that idea of the cruciform life, right? If we're to be a people who take up our cross daily, mm-hmm. um, to be disciples of Jesus, then it takes an active decision. Yeah. Um, the fruit of the Spirit, um, while the Spirit is going to do the work because it's by His power that He's bringing these things about, it's not going to happen unless you're making that active decision to walk yeah. in obedience of discipleship. And so take up your cross daily and, and follow after Him. You're going to make this decision that... Um, I've been crucified with Christ, right? As, as you said, Zach, that it's no longer we who live, but it's Christ in us. And so we have to make this decision that um, self-control really is that it's that I'm making the decision mm-hmm. to lean into what Jesus has for me and to acknowledge that his way is better and that these things of the flesh, um, they are not pleasing yeah. and, and they're not good and they're not fruitful, um, at least not in the, in the way that we want them to be. And mm-hmm. so um, I think, yeah, if if love is like the... I don't know, the cornerstone or like the start of what all these other things flow out of, then I guess like self-control is is almost like the catalyst, like until mm. we find ourselves living 
self-controlled lives, this doesn't really happen because we're, we're, as I said before, we're people who grieve the spirit mm. and we, we choose to indulge in the flesh instead of letting the spirit reign. And so, yeah. yeah. I love it. It's good. Yeah. I am loving this conversation. Um, <laughs> don't super know how to like Land wrap it up. Um, Cause I was just going to kind of, I believe in you. Oh, I want to, I want to see this happen. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to ask like, why, did we spend the last 45 minutes talking about this? Like mm-hmm. how is it important? What do we do with the information that y'all just told us about with what we learned um, with discussing these words? What do we do with it now? Yeah, that's great. I, I think it's the same I'm trying to think of this. I'm putting this thought together as I'm saying it. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see where this goes. I think it's kind of the same reason why Jesus teaches the Sermon on the Mount Mm. in that he comes before the people and he begins to redefine what righteousness and holiness looks for them. Mm. And the intent is because the kingdom of God is coming. And he's describing to these people what God's kingdom will look like and by, by, um, I guess, connection, what the people in God's kingdom will look like. And so I think the reason we look at the fruit of the Spirit is because these are the attributes of those who live and, and reside in God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. That this is what those who have been redeemed by Jesus look like. And so if, if we're people who have experienced salvation, then these are the things that are going to start popping up in our lives. And mm-hmm. so if, if we want to, I guess it's this, this idea of, do you want to be people who look like Jesus? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I think yeah. that's a... Again, this is I'm I'm forming these thoughts as I go, and it's so great. it's uh I don't know if if we want to be people who look like Jesus, um, we want to experience the fullness of what God has for us here on earth. Then we want to be people who walk in these things, so mm-hmm. that we're experiencing the fullness of the power of the Spirit, and we're experiencing um and and then and then ultimately because it, it's not just a selfish thing, right? And that's why I, I thought of the Sermon on the Mount. It's deeply relational Hmm. that as we become people who um, are defined by this list of words, we find that our relationships become healthier, Mm -hmm. our communities become healthier. Um, And that's, again, I I think of this, this renewed kingdom that Jesus came proclaiming. And so, yeah. Yeah. That's really good. I, as, as you were talking, this thought came up because I, I didn't know where to go with this either. Um, but I think it's important. That's a, it's an important question to ask because this is great in theory. Um, and I think this relates to the question of, well, why aren't we in heaven right now? And um, he was like, where is he going? I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm buckling. <laughs> I'm ready for the ride. Um, it, it, these fruits of the spirit are, yes, important to our relational life and yes, important to our Christian communities. But ultimately, it's a display of God's glory to unbelievers. Um, and the reason we're not in heaven right now is to be a witness to unbelievers, um, and to grow in our knowledge, understanding of who Christ is. And so, um, these fruits of the spirit and why they're so important as we talk about them, um, is ultimately it's a display of, of who Christ is and his power to move within his people to an unbelieving world. Um, and if we were, if we were impatient, if we were easily angered, if we were selfish, we would look just like the world. 
and, and people would not see the power of what the gospel is, uh, that it transforms lives and secures our eternity. Um, but when people see that and they look at that, yes, sharing the gospel is important. It's, it's written about in scripture. Um, and, and I think you should partake in it, um, honestly daily. And, and that's, that's a convicting thing for me. Um, but also people, people look at your actions again, child, parent, um, p- child, children are going to look at their parents and going to pick up on things that they're doing in the same way. Unbelievers are going to look at believers to see, um, what is the power of the gospel? Does it really transform lives? And so, um, it's important because, uh, these fruits of the spirit, whether, um, or these fruits, are, if they're good or they're bad, they're going to proclaim something to an unbelieving world. And so. My brain has gone a whole other direction, but I think it'd take too long to okay. talk about. <laughs> no worries. We'll we'll pin this that. Is, this is why you should have just answered your own question. You <laughs> came out, you came out so strong, and we were just ready to soak it in. Yeah. Do you have wisdom for us? Yeah. Come on. You want me to ask another question? No, 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 no. no, no. no. Oh. Give, give us your give us your uh, two cents. Oh, on how this applies. Yeah. Yeah. Enough of us. Um, we need, we need, we need you to, to yes. better the kingdom. Come on. Well, I just appreciated <laughs> what, what Zach was saying just about what it looks like to an unbelieving world. I watch it play out every day when I'm working at, not every day, but when I'm at Chewy's and, um, around, Shout um, out Chewy's. yeah, yeah, around that creamy J more people who are lost than within this, the church walls that I spend the rest of my time in. Hmm. Um, and so I just think I, they, they ask me questions because they notice uh, the difference in me. Hmm. And so it's important to, um, dwell on and to talk about the fruit of the spirit, um, to, to grow in them, to walk in step with the spirit, uh, because of the, of what it portrays to, the rest of the world and the difference that they see in us and getting to proclaim the glory of Christ through that is, um, so obvious and outward. Um, when I laid down the desires and the acts of the flesh, um, and can bring about like glory to our father. So huge. Yes. Yeah. I'll help. I got you. Thank you, Jared, for joining us today. (laughs) I almost did that. (laughs) Um, this was this was fun, um, and I hope that. Um, oh, you had a thought. You oh, we were going to encourage people to serve with youth. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Come, come serve with us. We uh, we meet Sunday mornings, ten a.m. along with the rest of the church for our group life hour, and then we have Wednesday nights. Over the summer, it's a little all over the place, but we're very consistent um, during the semesters, and so Sunday mornings during our group life hour, that's where we we break up and we study and small group settings where we, we divide up in small group tables by grade and gender. We have leaders at those tables. And so if you find yourself um, passionate about pouring into students and see yourself sitting at a table and leading in that capacity, mm. please, please, please yeah. come serve. Even if you are home for the summer and you're listening to this, um, there's always opportunities um, to serve within the youth. And uh, if you have a heart for youth ministry, um, even just for the next generation of, yeah. of believing Christians, then um, yeah, we love that. So absolutely. And like, then Wednesday nights, just pull up. <laughs> we <laughs> we meet on Wednesday. Like I said, in the summer, it's a little all over the place. But yeah. During the semesters, consistently on Wednesday nights, six thirty to seven thirty is service time. But we open early and we stay late. And so again, if you're passionate about pouring into students in that setting, that's a it's a very relational time. It's really just hanging out with students, being available to to speak and to pray and love on them and. Awesome. 
Thank you, Jared. We'll be right back here next week. We hope to see you soon. That was really bad. I got this thing. This outro thing, I got it, bro. Hey, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching. Watching. Listening. <laughs>